0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dator Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, with me for one last time. It's Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing great. Thanks. Good. How's the weather your way?
1: It's pretty nice. It's 82. Nice. It's a breeze. It's been a little rain, so yeah. perfect. We're getting into fall. How about
0: you? Yeah, we're starting to get into fall, too. It's currently 62 Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And uh seventeen Celsius, which is pretty much the norm around here. That's usually what it is. So
1: And we're talking about the fall episode of Gilmer Girls, so that lines up.
0: Lines up, yeah. I'm a little bit done with summer. It's been a pretty warm last few weeks, so I'm ready for it to like
1: really hot.
0: Yeah. simmer down a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Plus I always like fall. There's always like, you know well, at least here in Canada we have uh Christmas. Or not Christmas, sorry. yeah, Thanksgiving, we have that. Um,
1: we have Christmas here too.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I meant to say sorry. You no, know, like our Thanksgiving is in like early October, whereas I think with yours it's like late November, right?
1: Yeah, I think October kind of makes more sense. Cause I like a, in between. Yeah,
0: I kind of prefer. You get a little bit of a lap between the two. Right. Um. But yeah, and then you got Halloween and all that fun stuff. So. Yeah. That's okay. But uh, I yeah. I like- we're um, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls one last time. Unless they make another revival, which we might have to drag this podcast out from repair. What's your,
1: what's your favorite holiday? So I ask you a favorite holiday if you didn't hear me?
0: Oh, I did not. No. Uh, favorite holiday. Uh, I always say it's probably Thanksgiving because it's the simplest holiday. Mm-hmm. I tend to find that like the holidays can get overwhelming when you start to factor in more things. That's why Christmas for me right. is like... It's nice, but like as an aesthetic and as a things to do like mm-hmm. i like that stuff about christmas but the actual like getting the gifts and getting the food prepared and doing all this and that it, it's a lot of stress uh so like yeah. thanksgiving is probably my favorite because it's simple you just make a meal you eat drink have some fun uh there's no gifts there's no elaborate uh decorations or anything it's relatively simple so probably that one how about mm-hmm. yourself
1: I like
0: Halloween. Halloween's great like, too. yeah love, Yeah, I
1: love seeing how the kids dress up. Mhm. It's, it's a fall holiday, which I like. It's just Plus, time, it's just
0: with uh, Halloween too. Like, there's tons of stuff to do even as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. I know okay. up here in Vancouver, like they'll play like spooky movies at the movie theaters and oh, stuff. Okay. And yeah, there's like there's there's tons of stuff to do. Like Halloween's one of those things where. Even as an adult, I think there's stuff to do. Whereas, like some stuff, like Easter, yeah. there's only so much you can do with Easter. Like you know, you, you're if if you're a child, Easter is great. But if as an adult, it's like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll have dinner, but that's mostly going to be it for most people. But like Halloween's kind of one of the ones that I don't think it matters what age you are. You you can still have some fun at Halloween, so. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. Gilmore Girls, it's it's been a run. Uh, I can't even remember when we started doing this podcast, but it was exactly it was exactly when we started watching episode one of the podcast of the show. So, and here we are wrapping things up. Um, yeah, we're talking about uh, the episode Fall from the revival, Gilmore Girls: A Year in the Life. What have been your overall thoughts on the revival so far?
1: I can see where. Amy Sherman Paladino was trying to pick up on right where she left off in season six. Mm-hmm. So there's parts that kind of fit with the 10 years later and there's parts that don't fit. Yes. And I find that to be a little jarring. So overall, I was not a fan of it. Um, there's there's something to appreciate in each episode. I liked Emily's story arc, her character arc. But other than that, it um, kind of didn't do much for me. How about you?
0: I, I like it at best when it's kind of making callbacks to the original show because obviously this came out at a time when the show had been gone for like almost a decade. And I think there's some moments where it's like, oh, that's cute or that was a nice callback and stuff. But then it's like when they try to do new stuff, um, I've noticed that like the show has a strong disdain for millennials and just seems to be having a very scathing commentary on like, millennials uh in the current climate i I don't know just stuff like that just seems out of place and i get it you know i think it's probably good for the show to knock rory around a little bit but i think it just does it in a way where it lacks any kind of like empathy for its own character sometimes Mm -hmm. like even the ending which i guess we can kind of talk about well i mean presumably you've watched the episode already but like the ending where we find out that rory's pregnant like I wanted a bit more to that. Like, I wanted to see, oh, here's Rory, like, I don't know, let's say a year down the road and her book's out and she's, like, caring for a newborn or something like that. Like, I kind of thought there'd be a little bit of a follow-up to that. So I thought it was a little strange, like, that they decided to leave it where they left it.
1: Maybe that was supposed to be, like, the second season of the revival. And I'm not sure what happened, why they didn't do one. I don't know if it was scheduling, because I'm sure all these people have other jobs mm mm-hmm.
0: so. Well, I know like certain big actors big they could barely get for the revival. Like we got um mm-hmm. Dean back, but like that actor, he's busy with a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Melissa McCarthy is and also Bucky. very busy. Yeah. So
1: he showed off for what, like five minutes?
0: Yeah. I mean it was great that she returned and I think they right. made a good excuse for it that she was off on like some retreat or something mm-hmm. like that, but still right. it's uh you know I can imagine it's only going to get harder as certain actors get harder to bring back, so. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Uh, this was written and directed by um, Amy Sherman Palladino, so. We got those two episodes back-to-back that were Daniel Palladino, Mm -hmm. so it was great to be back Mm -hmm. to Amy Sherman Palladino. I think she's got her faults especially in running the the revival but i still would take her over daniel sorry daniel
1: well they got the dance scenes which is very which is one of her trademarks is that she's a former dancer so you know like in the tango scene where they go into the club Mm -hmm. it's very hallmark for her and the the quick dialogue so that was kind of fun to get back to that
0: yeah uh, one thing I was particularly not fond of us revisiting was the Life and Death Brigade it felt very out of place and it felt very well, long yeah
1: well you're gonna make fun of so on the previous episode they made fun of 30 somethings that were still living with their parents right remember then the, yes. the, the town hall scene and now you've got the Life and Death Brigade of 30 year olds reenacting something from 10 years ago and that's okay
0: <laughs> yeah that felt a little strange also too like they were just being complete jerks within town. Like they uh went into Dozy's market when it was closed and they were like just taking stuff it looked like and they were making yeah. fun of um uh Kirk's movie there and it was just like I don't know. It felt very mean spirited. It's just yeah. not fun. I didn't really enjoy it. And
1: they at haven't all. changed in ten years, which is sad.
0: Yeah, that's the other uh, part of it too, where like You know, and the sad thing is, I know people like that. I know people who like they peaked in high school, they peaked in university, and that was it for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you like to think people 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 would have more through their life than that, but for some people, like that, that is a reality, right? So, Mm
1: -hmm. just with less money. Yeah. Um, Apparently, they were able to take that much time off their jobs, which is
0: interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, that felt like probably the most bloated part of this episode. I did like mm-hmm. the part of Rory working on her book. I thought that was actually pretty well done. Yeah. And it kind of gave us an excuse to like bring in Christopher, bring in a few other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Jared Padalecki back as Dean and I'm very glad they brought up his love of Lord of the Rings. Cause it was a little strange. Um, Yeah. True, uh, I forgot, I I missed that callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also get to the return of Jess, and uh, you know, there's probably much to be said of that look he gives Rory when he's looking through the window. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think he's not and quite talk over about
1: aging well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think uh, out of the three main love interests, he's probably the one that that looks the most attractive still. So,
1: Dean doesn't age much either.
0: No, no, he still pretty much looked like Dean, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, I
1: mean, is it it me, or did Milo Ventimiglia look like he actually got taller? Oh, yeah, he's
0: taller, and he's a lot, like, he's, like, definitely more muscular than he ever was, so.
1: But he actually is taller. Okay, because I thought I was just seeing that.
0: No, he definitely looks taller, for sure, so.
1: So wasn't he in his 20s when he ended the show? When did he, no, he would have been 18, right? So I guess he still
0: grew. No, I think he was yeah, like early 20s I want to say. He still grew. Wow, that's
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, also too, like, it gives us a good excuse to like run to Christopher and finally the in the entire run of the show there was a scene with Christopher that I didn't absolutely dislike. So, there was right. that. That's I think right. it was the fact that like he acknowledged that he wasn't like the best fit for Lorelai or even the finally. best father for Rory but
1: yeah. yeah, finally. Yeah. And she pushed him. Good for her.
0: Yeah. I I feel like that's the healthiest I've ever seen their relationship in the entire show.
1: It was so like it was so honest.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um and I don't I'm not even saying it's necessarily perfect, but in terms of the show at least, I was like I was a little surprised actually. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, you also have the fact that uh, Emily has moved to Nantucket. No so,
1: whaling museums, but she can terrify small children.
0: Yeah, and. I, I really like that scene because it's sort of like Mm -hmm. that's her moving on. And, you know, she defined her life around Richard for so long. And she even says like most of her credit cards are under Mrs. Richard Gilmore that, you know, she bought the place in Mantucket under her name. And she's making all the decisions on her own. Like, I think Emily probably has like the strongest story in the revival and the one that's the most interesting out of anybody's. I
1: like one just about her. Yeah, hey, moving on after that. I mean, that was really well done. I thought. Mhm. That Rory gets to go in the old house. Yeah. The empty house. I kind of
0: thought for a out. minute they were gonna have her like stay in the house, like it was just gonna be hers.
1: I thought that too. Yeah.
0: Which I thought would have been interesting, but they anyway. didn't go that route. So.
1: And Emily held on the same maid for four episodes. Yes. So go Emily. Yeah. And now living with her.
0: And even like helping her when she's sick, even though the maid's like, "Please don't mm-hmm. like you burn the soup, you you ruin it." Right. But... <laughs>
1: That's Gypsy, still right? Is yeah. Gypsy? Same
0: actress that plays Gypsy, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and oh, Lorelai. I was just
1: sigh. You... Oh, go
0: ahead. No, I was gonna say like Lorelai had the most going on in this entire episode. Felt like they almost yeah. too much was going on at times because like y- you're wrapping up her her hike that she's doing and she realizes that, you know, she's not going to do it cause she doesn't have the permit. And then she has this talk with, um, Emily over the phone, which I actually thought was a great scene. Like that oh, scene that where great. she's like telling that story of Richard to Emily. I thought was great. What'd you think of that? That, that whole like I,
1: that, that wasn't, that whole thing was my favorite quote.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's very Richard you know like that was very true to character mm-hmm. I, I visualized him doing that like I had no problem with that some of the other characters they seemed like they were written for different people but yeah. that seemed right with Richard you know like he was going to support her he wasn't going to be overly emotional Yeah. he wasn't going to show a lot of emotions but he was going to support her and also you'll cover up the top when he when she came home so she wouldn't get trouble with Emily I thought that was really sweet yeah
0: um uh... But then uh, Lorelai comes back, and uh, Luke thinks that, that Lorelai is gonna leave him. But instead, she wants to get married. She already like plans a date and everything. So
1: plans their wedding again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know I why, but
1: that's not a character for Luke, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, he he kind of expects the worst sometimes, and I think mm-hmm. you know he was a little surprised when he right. she was like, "No, let's get married." Mm -hmm. um and they they actually do get married so Mm -hmm. you know unlike season six there was an actual follow-through on this one so um you also have emily leaving the dar which was also such a great scene where she's like ripping into this girl i thought that was great
1: first i have to say that's not how we do things at dar at all (laughs) We don't do that kind of process, so that just kind of annoyed me because I'm like, okay, I get the D A R reason why it's in there, but we don't do that at all. That's Mm -hmm. not how it works. But it's it's kind of funny to me because you know the original show was on network TV and this is on Netflix, so it's kind of funny to me to hear Emily cursing. Yes. I mean, don't 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 get me wrong. I can I I curse, but um, so it's nothing to do with that. It's just it's like, wait a second, we never heard them curse though. The whole seven seasons. Well, even, like... Season, Emily says bullshit, like, seven times
0: Yeah. Well, even, like, Suki makes, like, an ejaculation joke. Like... That
1: seemed really weird to me. Like, that seemed very out of character.
0: Yeah. That seemed like definitely they were like, oh, we're on Netflix. We can put a throw a few more of these jokes in.
1: It kind of took away from it, I think. But a little bit. Not the Emily part, but the Suki part. Yeah. The Suki
0: one was a little, like... I was like, oh, okay. Especially, like, because, like, that for was, me, like... like I like to think that, like, mostly the show could be watched by like maybe older children, not younger children, but like mm-hmm. older kids. So stuff like that being thrown, out, I was like, I get it; they're catering to an older audience, but like, there's still a younger crowd that could, that should be able to watch this. So
1: there's there's a, a there's a way that that could have been done and been less in your face. Mm-hmm. Like there could have been a double entendre about that that kids wouldn't have caught, and I think that's those are the funny things. So really, like the fact that. That Sookie, like just called it out, made it less funny. Like if you watch the old Sesame Street episodes, they um there's a lot of inside jokes for the parents when you watch it. Which yeah, is probably why they don't the old ones. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, they could have done something like that where it was kind of subversive, and I think that would have been even better.
0: Yeah. Um, and then also too, like there's a the subplot of. Michelle leaving the the inn and uh, Lorelai deciding that she wants to buy an annex to expand the Dragonfly. And the money, that was- yeah. yeah, which I thought was great. Like I I thought that made sense, and also too mm-hmm. like the way she described it to Emily was like yeah that makes sense. Like Luke is happy with the it with his diner as is. Whereas Lorelai is more motivated to expand her business. So, Mm -hmm. and of course, typically, typical Emily fashion, she had to throw in a few stipulations. But what I like is, like, when you cut to, like, the start of the show, when she puts in those stipulations, you feel like it's uh, not, like, mean, but, like, definitely you could tell Lorelai kind of held it in the same. But, like, there was a certain, like, knowingness of, like, yeah, like... We we wanna be in each other's life, of course we'll do that. So I thought that was very cute. It was sorta of like a play on the beginning of the show, but in a way where it was like this felt a little more like we saw some progress in their relationship there. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh they an
1: appearance from um oh shoot, I know it's gonna Uh Druella, whatever the customer name is.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. She
1: plays on Marvelous Mrs. Basil. What? Her name escapes me.
0: It, Miss Celine, I think, is the character's yeah, name. Yeah, but what's the.
1: What, I can't remember the actress's name. I can remember her acceptance speech.
0: Uh, Alex Borstein. I
1: can't remember. Thank you. I can tell you what her whole acceptance speech is about. Um, yeah, she makes an appearance because, you know, she appeared as the heart player and then as Miss Celine. And as, she's hired. A lot in Amy Sharon productions.
0: Well, she was actually supposed to play Suki in the show.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: then, yeah, say, she I'm played Drella. The mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. later played Miss Celine, So.
1: Yeah. That was fun to see her.
0: Oh, yeah. She's great. Um, Peter
1: Krause, which is Lauren Graham's now ex boyfriend, uh, plays one of the park rangers.
0: Yeah, that was a great little cameo, too. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell The other
1: park ranger Played her love interest In in Parenthood I think Oh go ahead
0: Yes Yeah Um He's like A famous Son of an actor I want to say Jason Ritter
1: Yeah Yeah that's John Ritter's son
0: Yeah Um Yeah then we get The encounter with Dean Which uh You know I don't know Say what you will about Dean But it was It was harmless I'm not the biggest fan of Dean as a character, but at least, you know, they kind of acknowledge it for what it was, like a first love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Like, in terms... Oh, I guess we, we find out that Luke is friends with Kiefer Sutherland, which I thought was kind of funny. He just played it off... So, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's my buddy Kiefer, and everyone's like, that's, like... 24 actor Keith or something. It's like, yeah.
1: Right. I mean, it doesn't... It takes a lot to impress Luke. Yes. He's, like, very salt of the earth. Like, you know, just he's a person.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we got the end of the episode where um, Rory tells Lorelai that she's pregnant. And that's where we end both the revival and this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you think it was a satisfying conclusion? did you like it much at all
1: i don't I don't think there's any conclusion that would have really satiated me um, that ending felt like it was supposed to be at the end of I think Amy Sherman Hes even said that that was supposed to be the ending of season seven
0: which feels a little weird because like that would have been Rory when, when she's twenty two
1: what is it a failing birth control in the show? <laughs> Like or, yeah. the only child that seems to be planned was um Sookie's first kid. We know yeah. the second one wasn't planned, right? Or the Yes. Or the third one wasn't planned. I think the second one wasn't either. No. Uh, we have um we have Lane uh, Lane. Yeah. Where the condom broke or something. And then Rory's either not using birth control, or didn't use it effectively. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was reading stuff about who they think the father of the baby is, and very rarely do they bring up the possibility it could be the Chewbacca guy.
0: True. Doesn't I that think. Make
1: sense?
0: I think like for me, like Amy Sherman Palladino has said in multiple interviews that like she designed uh, Logan to be sort of like an analog for Christopher. Like he's supposed to be Rory's Christopher in a lot of ways. So. I think him being the father makes the most sense if you're going with that thematic link. Um, and then he would be involved. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think he would be. I think he would choose his life with Odette and, um, you know, maybe be, like... I think they would have, like, split custody, but, like, I don't think uh, they would, like, get back together and raise the child together. I don't think that would be the case. But, like you know. you have also got Jess giving that very like desired look to uh, Rory. And I think they kind of set that he up like
1: help Yeah, he would help her raise the baby.
0: That's that what was. I think. Yeah, like Jess would be sort of like Luke to to Rory. Mm-hmm. Kind of how like Luke was to Lorelai. So like I don't know. I, I personally when I saw that I was like it, it seems to me like it was a little too on the nose, but I mm-hmm. get what they're going for. They're trying to They were actually trying to get almost all of these characters to where their mothers or fathers were at. Like, when you think about it, Mm -hmm. Lane is caring for a child and is now working at Mrs. Kim's Antiques. So she's pretty much turned into her mother. Um, Mm -hmm. Paris is despised by her own children who don't even like her and like the nanny instead. That's pretty much how Paris was when she was a child. So... The show is very much, like, taking these characters and getting them to where their parents were at, and I think they're trying to say, like, we ultimately become our parents one way, shape, or form, which I don't know, you could probably agree or disagree with, but... Um... I mean, it's
1: part of his genetic, like, likes and dislikes and stuff, and, yeah. and but, and I think there is something about that, but I think that people also... I've seen people make some pretty amazing changes from the pathology that they grew up with. Yes. Um, I've seen people that had. Parents that were maybe the instruments of their biological existence, but we're parents and, and my clients have gone on to be excellent parents. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it, I don't think that the way your parents were is destiny, but I think that sometimes it can take some work, um, to make sure that you don't repeat that pattern.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of, for me, where I see it, like, I think they are trying to get Rory to where Lorelai was, where now she is a single parent. Uh, arguably she's going to have more support from Lorelai than Lorelai had from uh, Emily and Richard, but...
1: big difference between 16 and, and what, 32? How yeah. Old, however old she was. Mm-hmm. And, and Rory is now, I think, at the same age that, Ro- that Lorelai was in the beginning of the show. Yes. Which is kind of interesting to see the difference.
0: hmm So, yeah, that's, that's the ending of A Year in the Life. Um... What was who or who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode?
1: Best was Jesse. I really liked that look he gave out the window. hmm And just the whole meeting her in the newspaper office and just they're casually sitting there and having a drink together. I just I just really like him as an actor too. Mm-hmm. Worst, Rory. And and sometimes Lorelei. <laughs> Some of it just felt flat, but you know, what yeah. they're working with is not great, so Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I would say for best, oh man, I would probably go with Jess as well. I think it really sold like why Rory would be so in- into him, and why they still share a connection even after they've broken up and spent time apart. Like they literally picked up like it was like it was literally yesterday that they were hanging out together. So, uh, they the fact that they played that so well worked very well, and I thought. Uh, showed why these characters... Couple. Sorry?
1: And they're a former couple, too.
0: Yeah, so, so they I got some real-life chemistry, which is, which helps.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
0: And I know this may be surprising, because we had both Dean and Christopher in the same episode, but neither of them were Miley's my, my favorite. I actually went with Suki, because it felt like her voice was different. I don't know what was going on. She had, like, a cold or flu or something, but it just seemed off. And... It
1: might have been the same. And, or people... Get older,
0: and yeah. voices change. Yeah, it just—it felt like something was off with her performance, like just vocally, and then also too, it seemed like she was kind of just rushing through her performance, like she was just wanting to get it over with too. And it seemed
1: almost like she had a green
0: screen. Yeah, like it it, it was great that Suki showed up. I was very happy that we got to see her in this, um, because I—I I had actually honestly forgot that she shows up because I thought the yeah. last time we saw her was Bon Voyage but Mm -hmm. uh so i was very surprised that she showed up but at the same time too i was like yeah like it just seemed like they were trying to rush to get her in before she had to go off and make her next movie because around the time they were filming this she was a huge movie star so i'm sure they didn't have a lot of time with her but Mm -hmm. yeah um okay uh what was your favorite reference from the episode
1: more of a historical reference kind of interesting um when is it celia who's the what's the name of the costume designer lady oh miss celine Uh, miss celine thank you you're welcome I'm i'm like no she mentions kazan that's Ilya kazan and he was a director and he um in the 1950s uh there was um mccarthy who was a senator from wisconsin uh, was on this kind of witch hunt for communists and there were several actors actresses people in the entertainment industry that were called to testify and name who they thought were communists that they had worked with and many mm-hmm. of them refused um, yeah and were penalized for that um but Ilya kazan was one of the ones that testified and he ruined several careers because he named at least four people that I know of. Um, people that never worked in the entertainment industry again, um, decimated their careers. So he was given an honorary Oscar in 1999, which caused quite a kerfuffle uh, because there were several people saying, you know, why should he be given an honorary Oscar when he betrayed people um, and called out names of people that. This was even like people that attended, anybody that attended any kind of informational thing. About socialism, or something, you know, like wasn't even that they were communists. Um, so, and the whole thing was just nuts. But um, so, several people chose to not applaud me guys' Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. And then there were also protests outside the Oscars, bat too. So, that's just a little side note about history. When she mentions Kazan, is that he is quite the history.
0: Yeah. How about you? Uh,. Well, I put it as a reference, but it's kind of a reference more to the show itself. But um, when Luke and Lorelai get married, the song they played was the song that they played during TJ and Liz's wedding, which is arguably when their relationship kind of got started. So
1: That's when they were dancing, right?
0: Yeah. So... Not really a reference to pop culture, but more just to the show. And I, I thought it was very, very sweet and cute and very nice callback mm-hmm. to that moment. And one that just mm-hmm. made sense considering what was going on in the episode there.
1: That a true fan would pick up on that.
0: 100%. Yeah. Like, you hear that song, you, you know that that's the song from that wedding. So.
1: Right.
0: Uh... Favorite quote? Did you have a favorite quote from the episode? Just
1: the whole monologue about Richard. I thought that was really heartfelt and really. I think it was well written. I, I could see Richard doing exactly that. Mhm. And the fact that it was her favorite birthday was really sweet. That, and that Richard probably had no idea how much that meant to her. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you?
0: Uh, that was a very, that was up there for me. Uh, although I did like when Lorelai says everything in my life has to do with coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, that's, that's very true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes trivia, there's quite a bit because, you know, when you make something like this, you tend to have a lot of little in jokes and other stuff that people pick up on. We talked about the Park Ranger being played by Pierre Krause. Laura Graham's, well, off-screen boyfriend for many years, they recently broke up, but, uh, yeah, at least at the time. of-
1: also Alexis Liddell and Vincent Kurheiser just broke up, too. Ah. So
0: both of them. Um, uh, oh, uh, so Dean mentions that his wife, Chen, is pregnant, uh, Jared Padalecki, his real-life wife is named Genevieve, and at the time of filming, she was pregnant. So, oh, hey,
1: they wrote that in. That's
0: yeah. Weird. Um. Oh, the bed and breakfast that you see, uh, the
1: ridiculous,
0: the <laughs> life and death brigade, was actually basically the dragonfly, but they had repainted it, redecorated it. Was, it.
1: it was so obvious. Yeah. It was so. It was a
0: little it was a little awkward. You're like pretty sure this is the Dragonfly. I know inns have like, a little bit of similarities, but this is going a little too far.
1: But yeah, I mean they've they've gotta have some kind of budget to create a different set.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Emily changes her shoes near the end of the episode into some white keds. Uh this mm-hmm. is a reference to Dirty Dancing. Which she started. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's neat, and it's also not a shoe that Emily would usually wear, so it's good symbols for change of life.
0: Yeah. Um, this is kind of weird because I didn't realize this. I thought it was like more clever with the show, but lorelei says that Rory should drop the "the" from her title of the book. They go more girls. Mm-hmm. She says that it's cleaner. I thought that was just them like trying to tie it into the title of the show, but apparently it was a reference to the social network where they tell them to drop the the and the Facebook.
1: Oh, the Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it was called at Harvard, yeah.
0: Because, I don't know, I guess I kind of liked it more when it was like, yeah, they were just tying it into the show.
1: Huh. So one of the theories is that the show is actually um, Rory's book.
0: Mm-hmm
1: come to life do you agree with that or no
0: yeah i could see that i can yeah i mean it's it kind of is a little odd that they kind of make the end of the show like oh she's writing this book and presumably yeah like we're watching everything that would show up in that book right Right. so Mm -hmm. that's what i kind of took that as and i thought that was kind of cute um so yeah um, and the
1: fact that she could, she said, like she wrote it so quickly mm-hmm. in the beginning, like that's what happens when you're writing something you're meant to write. It just happens really fast, just like some of the best songs were written in like minutes. Yeah, you know, it's like the same kind of thing. Like you're in that zone.
0: Yeah. All right. Any mental health observations from this episode?
1: Yeah, um, I think that um, that Emily just reached a point where you know, yeah, like she was identified by Richard. And that doesn't mean that she didn't love him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that her life had moved on. It's very normal for her to date after that, too. Um, and you know, and Rory has a, a right to write the book. I thought that Lorelai's reaction was... And was that a last episode where her reaction was like she called her kid? And she said, this ain't a kid. That might have been the last episode. But, I mean, mm-hmm. at, Lorelai comes around, but I thought that... Um, I wasn't sure what Lorelai's issue was, because aside from that time that they weren't speaking to each other, they had a pretty good relationship, so I'm not sure what, Evelyn, what Lorelai's protecting. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's protecting the thing, the marriage with Christopher, which Christopher, I would argue doesn't really need any protecting, um, Yeah. so I wasn't really sure what her issue was. Because she seems like a character that's pretty open about her life
0: yes she just
1: didn't want to be open in that way um but it is back to emily it is really normal to have that reaction to grief is to really kind of shake things up and do things differently Um, and i think especially for women that and that's true i mean there women did get credit cards issued with mrs and then their husband's name or they you know pretty not too far back women couldn't even get credit cards
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so you know, it's part of the independence thing. that I think that Emily just wanted to experience, you know, basically for the first time. Because yes, yeah, she met him right in college, right? So, yeah. Um, but her experience of if, if you're watching and you're like, wow, this seems like really rushed. This actually can be pretty normal for, for grief. Yeah. And usually, so research shows that when when someone when a spouse dies, men are more likely to be remarried within a year, and women are more likely to wait before they get married. So we can kind of see that. Mm -hmm. Um, finally rory gets information on christopher christopher admits that yeah he could have been more involved but he just wasn't which is hard to hear but i think we've also been kind of waiting to hear that from christopher to just own up to his behavior Mm -hmm. and you know the truth can hurt but eventually that sting goes away Um, but not being sure can cause more pain and and luke's reaction lorelei leaving seemed i mean we talk about attachment styles so there's the um the avoid an attachment style which is where someone um really prides themselves in being independent and they feel like being in a relationship is a threat to independence anxious attachment style is one where you feel a level of dread and anxiety if the person may leave you and then mm-hmm. there's secure attachment where you understand the relationships end and you may not feel good for a while but but you'll eventually feel better um it seemed like luke was getting into the anxious attachment maybe Mm-hmm. Um, and before, it almost seemed like he had an attachment. I just thought that was interesting. And he kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. So that was that was all I had. So
0: there we go. Uh, let's uh, rate this episode and then also the revival as a whole. Can
1: I give it an eight in terms of the revival.
0: Okay, what about this episode?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, the um. The episode is an eight overall the day in the life i would say it was a six or seven okay how about you
0: uh i'd give this episode a nine i think it is strong i mean even though i didn't quite like the death and life and death brigade stuff that was felt a little tiring but like considering what they did in this episode i thought they wrapped up a lot of things well enough um Yeah, and then as for the revival, yeah, I'd give it, like, a seven. It is better than season seven, for sure. Uh, I'd even argue maybe better than season six. But it just, it's a little too inconsistent. And I felt like, honestly, I I know it's four episodes. I could have used more. Like, I felt like it just rushed through a lot of things. And uh, I... I get it. Like it's still six-ish hours of content because like each episode's like ninety minutes each, but right. still, it just felt but like still... a little, little bit too much, or not enough. Sorry. So.
1: Right. It it was a little too much and not enough. Yes. At the same time. Yeah.
0: Like it just felt like we got a lot of stuff that we didn't need. Like the whole stuff with the. Um, the play. Yeah, the play, and then all the stuff to do with like life and death brigade brigade, like it just yeah it felt unnecessary so
1: there was filler but yet there was also not enough time
0: yes so yeah didn't uh, just didn't quite feel as effective for the time as it could have been like for how much time it had six hours they could have done quite a bit but didn't really feel as effective for using that time as it could have been okay well, Steph is over at Stephanie oh, Sarkis.
1: Uh, well, I Sorry. want to mention um, in the news, like Scott Patterson has been the news, Luke, uh, he's got a podcast and he has discussed feeling really uncomfortable with one of the episodes where they commented about his butt. And he has said that they had to do several reshoots and he felt objectified. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. So those articles that came out a couple days ago and they mentioned I can't remember the name of the episode. But um but he gets into detail about how he felt kinda of shamed.
0: Yeah, I think it was the episode Keg Max and yeah, I think that Yeah was uh an an episode where yeah, like Suki's talking about, about his butt and yeah, he's he doesn't feel comfortable about it, which honestly I can kind of understand, like when when you're being objectified like that, like it's, I think a lot of people think of it, about it in the context of women, but like men can also be objectified like that too. So. It
1: doesn't it doesn't negate what women go through?
0: No, no, it doesn't. No, but it's just but, interesting. And I didn't
1: realize this, but oh, go ahead.
0: I just think like a lot of people will think of it as like, oh, women get objectified, but men can be objectified as well. Again, doesn't negate one the or the other. these things, be true. Yeah. Right. So. Alright, well Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com where you can buy our new book Healing from Toxic Relationships and I'm over at com. almost every other day, we've got new content going up Uh, we're going to have one more episode come out where we're going to answer some emails and uh, then we're taking a break and then we're going to come back and talk about Mad Men so that'll be exciting because that's something we've wanted to do for a while but we weren't able Mm -hmm. to for various reasons but now we're able yeah. to do it, and I'm excited to talk about Mad Men because that's a show that also I I hold near and dear to my heart. But it's also a show that mm-hmm. will be interesting to revisit with uh, a new, fresh pair of eyes. So
1: that's a real masterpiece, I think, the whole series. So yeah, yeah. I'll be interested that from a psych perspective.
0: Unlike Mad Men, uh, there's no, <laughs> uh, or unlike Gilmore Girls, there's no uh, season seven <laughs> where it just goes <laughs> off the rails so badly. So. I mean, Okay, well, until next time, everybody, bye for now.